Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. You know, I have long said that marriage is for grown-ups. Now, this is because in order to be able to build a life with someone else, you have to first know who you are. And yes, marriage will help you grow. In fact, it will actually force you to. But you do have to be fairly mature to start with. And that's because marriage is a truly unique relationship. And I know you're never supposed to modify the word unique, but in this case, it's true. Because marriage is a combination of every other relationship you have ever been in. It's family. It's a legal um, contract. It's a friendship. It's a romance. It's a partnership. You name it, it's in there. And it's also the only relationship where every decision you make directly or indirectly impacts another person. And in my view, that's what makes it both great and challenging at the same time. And my goal with this show is to help you have the best marriage you can. And to help me do that today, I am joined by pastor and author Mark Shelsky. So, Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about what to me is a really important topic, and I am so glad that you know something about it. (laughs) Thank you. Well, those are kind words. Thanks for your gracious invitation to be here and talk about this today. So, As we said before we started recording, I'm a follower of the To Love, Honor, and Vacuum, which I fell in love with the title of it blog. It's written by a woman named Sheila Ray Gregoire, and she recently did a series on emotional maturity, and she talked about your book, The Wisdom of Your Heart. So I know you had a conversation with her, and I'm hoping to have the same conversation with you for my listeners. What exactly is emotional maturity? Well, the the trouble with emotions is we all have them. We all know how they feel <laughs> inside of us, and we think, therefore, that we are experts in them. We oh. think we know what they what they're all about, and so we just assume, right, that that we understand what's going on inside that little black box of our heart and mind. Uh-huh. And we live our lives, and our lives are shaped and impacted by our emotions, and our relationships, for sure, are shaped by our emotions because emotion is the currency of relationship, right? Every relationship you have, whether it's a wonderful relationship where you feel loved and cared for, or it's a relationship with a person that you hate and you never want to see again, the <laughs> reason the reason the relationship is the way that it is is because of the emotional connection between the two of you. And so getting uh, clear about our emotions is crucial to doing relationships well. And so we started talking about recently this idea of emotional maturity. And this is not the idea that just as you get older, you become an expert in yes. your emotions. That's, that's not what happens, in fact. Um, what happens is if we don't learn how to pay attention to our emotions, we end up being a grown-up who relates to emotions like a child. And that, relate, that creates all kinds of relational havoc. So well, that's a, emotional, I'm sorry, go ahead. That, that's, that's a really interesting concept, and I, and I love this because, you know, that's sort of why I talk about marriage being for grown-ups and what a grown-up is, is because it's not just getting older. I mean, there are, right. ten-year, there are 10-year-olds who are grown-up, and there are 65-year-olds that are not. So it doesn't really have anything to do with age. 
And I love this concept. I mean, we all, when you say that, we all inherently know, oh, this makes sense. Yes, my emotions are what um, come into play in relationships. But we, all, but we don't necessarily learn much about them. And there's a group of, you know, there are a lot of people who think emotions are just pointless and unnecessary, and I'm still not right. quite sure what they do with their own, but I think they just lock them in the closet or attempt yeah. to anyway. And you know, so this idea of actually learning about our emotions is really the key to being able to manage them, isn't it? Right, right. And I would not use the word manage, um, uh, okay. but, I would talk about, but I would talk about how we experience and express them. And, okay. and so you ask, you ask the question, what is emotional maturity? And so it's a big conversation, but it boils down to two things that we can learn. The first uh-huh. is that emotionally mature people understand that emotions are a natural response of the body and the brain to outward circumstances and inward experiences. They're okay. a natural response. They're part of how you're made. And what, why that's important is because that gets us away from the mythology that emotions are weak, emotions are shallow, emotions are something that, you know, a good spiritual person is going to mature out of and one day you'll be <laughs> so spiritually mature that you'll never, ever get angry again. Like we, we have these ideas about emotion that are false because uh-huh. we treat emotion like it's some uh, so, like it's bad behavior, like it's immaturity. And that's not true. Emotions are data. They're a natural reaction of your brain and your body. So that's the first thing we have to understand. Okay. And then the second thing is that mature emotions or a person who's learned to be mature with their emotions has learned to put a pause between the uh, instigating, the instigating experience that triggered your emotion and the expression of the energy the emotion gives rise to, right? In a child, in a toddler, those two things uh-huh. are sealed together. Something happens, <laughs> yes, they, they, are. They, don't, they don't get what they want. They ask for juice. You said no more juice. They immediately get angry and throw their cup on the floor. The whole experience is one fused experience. Emotional maturity is being able to take those two things and separate them and be able to say, aha, I didn't get the thing that I want. That feels like a violation. I feel anger coming up into my body. But because uh-huh. I'm able to insert this pause, I'm able to think, oh, is the reaction of anger right now going to be constructive for this relationship? Is a reaction of throwing my cup going to help me be who I want to be in the world? Is it going to help me get what I want? Like that whole process begins to happen unconsciously for a person who's learned that their emotions aren't bad or wrong. They're just a natural response. And uh-huh. your emotions don't control you. You can pause and reflect on what you're feeling so that when you choose to express a reaction, it will be a reaction uh-huh. that's constructive. Well, and I love that idea because you know, pe- people will frequently say, in fact, my do- I've told this story before. Many, many years ago, my daughter did something and I got upset about it and I yelled at her and I sent her to her room. And when she came down, she apologized to me. She says, Mommy, I'm sorry for making you mad. And I said, hold it right there. I said, stop that. I said, yes, your behavior was not okay. But I said, I chose to get mad. I chose to yell at you. I said, that's on me. You you don't own that. And she kind of looked at me like with these big eyes. Because 
because it really was stepping away because I knew that I had the option. I mean, I tell this, you know, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, and so that's where I learned to drive, and drivers where I live now make me crazy. <laughs> and, you know, and so when people do something on the road that I think is unsafe or annoying or whatever, you know, I have, I, uh, my general reaction is to get angry or upset. And I tell people, I said, I have the choice. At my best, I just wave at them and say, hope that made you feel better. Have a nice day. I can say nice things about them, or I can chase them down the road and beat them with a tire iron. I've never chosen option. <laughs> right, 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 right. But, but, yeah. that's, but that's the idea. Of, I'm getting some information, and then I have to decide what to do with it. Yeah, right. The, the anger that you felt is natural and normal. Anger is the emotion we feel in our body and brain when we believe we have been violated. And so what? something happens, right? Something happens. Your daughter disrespects you. That feels like a violation. Somebody pulls their car in front of you at 60 miles an hour and your life is endangered. <laughs> that feels like a violation, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so you get, you get angry. That thing that just happened is not wrong or bad or weakness. It's not sinful. It's normal. But mm-hmm. now you have to say, oh, what is that thing that's happening in me? I'm feeling flushed. I'm feeling a rush of energy. I'm feeling uh, mm-hmm. anxious, aggravated thoughts. What is that telling me? Well, on the road, it might say, it's telling me that person put my life at risk, and I need mm-hmm. to back off from them and not drive near them because they are not <laughs> the person who thinks about right. what's going on around them, right? Mm-hmm. With my daughter disrespecting me, I might have to say, well, wait a minute. It, you know, she's just being a kid why am I mm-hmm. so angry about her disrespecting? Maybe that's not about her at all. Maybe that's about my own need to be respected and obeyed. What's that about? And now I can go into digging into that question that helps me become mm-hmm. a better person and a better parent, but it has nothing to do with her, right? right. Well, I can, only get, I can only get to that level of reflection if I can put that pause in between uh-huh. the stimulus that triggered my emotional response and the expression of that energy. Okay, so, and I get that. So, and, and we're talking about, you know, my relationship with my daughter or my relationship with strangers on the road. So what makes developing or having emotional maturity so important for a relationship as complicated as marriage? Sure. Well, the, the biggest problem, there's many, because our, the entire <laughs> relationship is about the emotional the emotions between us, that is, uh-huh. what, that is what creates our experience of the relationship. And so there's uh-huh. lots of reasons that emotional immaturity can make a, a relationship go badly. But the big one is this. When we believe that emotions happen to us, right, like you did something that made me angry, it's your fault. When uh-huh. we believe that, we take out the emotion on the other person. And so... Okay. Right, like that's almost what your daughter was asking for when she exactly. said, I'm sorry, I made you angry. If you were to confirm that, right, if you were to confirm that and say, you're right, you should never make me angry, right? Well, all of a sudden what you've done yeah. is you've taken the emotional energy and you've put it on her in a shaming way and you've mm-hmm. given her this responsibility, which is literally impossible, the responsibility to manage your emotions, right? You've said to this little kid, that's right. You are. You're right. You should never right. make me angry. You should make sure everything that you do makes me happy. Well, all of a sudden, now you're not just asking wow. your daughter to be obedient. You're asking her to manage the emotions of a grown person, which is impossible. 
Well, it's not even possible for a grown person to manage the emotions of another grown person. Forget the kids. Right. Well, and that happens in a lot of marriages. There are many marriages where, where the unspoken agreement between the parties is, it's my job to make you happy and your job to make me happy. And if you're not doing it in whatever way I think you need to do it, if you're not doing it, then you're at fault and you're a bad marriage partner. Well, uh-huh. see, the problem, the problem with that is that everybody's, everybody's emotions are their own. How you feel and why you feel that way is your own private business, and your partner is not responsible for that. Okay. You can, obviously, if there's something going on in your relationship that's destructive, that needs to be attended to for sure. Absolutely. But, Mm -hmm. But the fact that they did something that you didn't like, you felt disrespected, and you got angry and took it out on them by yelling, that is not their fault. That's your fault. Uh-huh. You are the one who did not sit with your emotion long enough to understand what it was and what it meant, and you are the one who did not choose to express that emotion in a constructive way. And so now you have damaged intimacy, and that's the big problem, right? If, uh-huh. if I am not willing to pursue emotional maturity, then I can't have healthy intimacy with another person. And so then here we are at your fundamental question, why does this matter for relationships? Well, if I'm not willing to grow up emotionally, then I'm not a safe person to be in relationship with. Well, and you said something just a little bit ago because there is a very common idea that my job as a spouse is to make my partner happy and my partner's job as a spouse is to make me happy. And, of course, happy is this great, you know, it's this thing we all want to feel. I mean, you know, I think people can get it when, when we say I'm not responsible for somebody else's anger. But I think people get a little confused about but that but I'm, I'm responsible for my, part, for my partner's happy. My partner's happy. Isn't that yeah. the same thing? I mean, different emotion, obviously, but it's the yeah. same concept. It's the same problem, right? If I, if I make you responsible for my happiness, then I can never really be happy because you can't, you can't do it. You can, you know, if, if I'm in a traditional marriage that's, you know, a hierarchical marriage and the expectation is that the wife is going to make every meal and keep the house perfect and all of those things, and I'm only going to be happy if you do all those things, my happiness isn't really about the relationship. My happiness is about being served in all of these fantastic ways. Who wouldn't want that gift? Uh-huh. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to have a meal made for them and the house clean? That's fantastic. But it's not about the relationship, right? It's, a, it's about my circumstances. And so what is missing now is that my happiness isn't about us in relationship. It's not about intimacy, Okay. It's about my circumstances. My circumstances can be attended to in any number of ways. I could hire a housekeeper. I could lower my standards. I could, uh-huh. you know, I could go out to eat. You know, there's all, there's all different ways. The wife in that scenario, it, it's not her job to make you happy. Uh, whatever the emotion is, well, it, it, it's, not their, it's not their job because emotions happen inside of you and nobody has access to that but you. Uh-huh. Well, and that's interesting because I've long had a problem with the concept of happy wife, happy life. And I've, and I've actually had men tell me, I mean, that, they, that their job is to make their wives happy and, mm-hmm. and they feel completely inadequate and incompetent at it because, of course, 
you know, they always fall short, as we all do, right. trying to take care of somebody else's emotions. And, you know, yeah. to me that's just a destructive phrase because it then makes it very one-sided. And, and again, you've got somebody trying to read somebody else's mind or thoughts or right. feelings, right. whatever you want to say. And, you know, that, that's just a recipe for disaster. Right. You're absolutely right, especially if you add in any other relational dysfunctions. You know, if you have a person that's not good at communication, if you have a person that's passive aggressive and doesn't want to talk about their issues, you add any of these in and you very quickly have a toxic situation. But at the heart of it all is you've got people that are not growing in emotional maturity, which is really Uh about being able to stop and reflect. Why do I feel the way that I feel? You know, and in that example, um, you know, the, that, that husband might say, well, I was angry that you didn't have dinner ready when I came home. Um, okay, why, do, why does that make you angry? How is that a violation? Well, it's, uh-huh. she's, not, she's not fulfilling her wifely duties. Okay, are those duties you guys agreed to? Is that the yeah. system of marriage you guys decided to have? Because if, mm-hmm. if, you, if you decided that together and it works for you, great. But if you didn't have that conversation, then now you're asking someone to live up to unspoken expectations, and that never works. Well, this whole sequence of conversation that I just laid out as an example is only possible for people that are willing to say, the way that I feel right now is just a piece of information I need to look into more deeply. Mm-hmm. And that's only something you're willing to do when you understand uh, that emotion is information. It's like the check engine light on the dashboard of your car. <laughs> when it blinks, you need to pay attention. Something is going on that you need to look more deeply into, and you need mm-hmm. to deal with it. Right? I, but, I love but it's it. not. I love it. This is Happily Ever After. It's just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with pastor and author, Mark Shelsky, about the importance of emotions and emotional maturity in your marriage. And if this is an issue for you, and it actually is for a lot of people, as you're hearing, it doesn't have to be this way. So if you would like to grow productively in your marriage, I can help. So you can send me an email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S. N is, uh, sorry, coaching. N is in Nancy, C is in charlie.com. Or you can call me at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. And you can take advantage of my free, no obligation, create your happily ever after strategy session. And now I want to get back to talking about this important topic about emotional maturity. So, Mark, what gets in the way of developing emotional maturity, other than the fact that maybe people don't know about it? Yeah, I, I think of it in kind of three different, uh, three different ways that we have an obstacle to wanting to grow in this way. The first is the, very, is the easiest one to overcome, and that's just emotional illiteracy. Uh, mm-hmm. Many of us grew up in homes that didn't talk about emotions. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't know one. I, I cannot remember a time in my life where any adult ever sat me down and said to me, Mark, that emotion that you're feeling right now, that sadness, sadness is your brain and your body telling you how much that thing that you lost meant to you. That mm-hmm. feeling is awful. It's not going to kill you, though. So <laughs> just take a deep breath. Hold on. 
and just let this feeling tell you how important that thing or that person was, you're going to be okay, right? I never had an adult in my life that was even capable of talking to me like that. And, <laughs> and I think that, that many of us have that same situation. So if, you have never, if you've never heard the idea that emotions are neither good nor bad, they're not the devil tempting you, they're not, emo- they're not immaturity, they're not flightiness, if you've never heard that idea, then you can solve that by learning. We are in the golden age of understanding emotions. There are piles of books, very accessible books, that talk about mm-hmm. what is happening inside your body and your brain when you feel emotions. I've written one. There's many that I can recommend. You can sit down and understand, oh, this is why I feel that way. This is what's happening in my body when I feel that tightening of my gut. You can, uh-huh. learn, you can learn these things. Then the next step is, like uh, you've talked about, you can get help from other people outside yourself. There's lots Absolutely. and lots of courses. There's lots and lots of support people like coaches and therapists and pastoral care uh, coaches and, and pastors that are able to, with all this information, help you learn how to navigate these things. I have a, a course on myself with a trauma uh-huh. therapist that I put together. Those kinds of things are all around and they're available. So if the problem is emotional illiteracy, that's easy to solve. Okay. The second, the second obstacle, which is much harder, is emotional injury. Yep. Many times the reason that we have difficulty in the emotional aspect of our relationship is because there is untended hurt in, in our hearts, in our story. Uh-huh. It, might be, uh-huh. it, might be, it might be hurt. It might rise to a level of trauma and PTSD and traumatic response. And there's a reason why when something happens, when a certain person says something with a certain tone of voice, we suddenly feel a violent visceral reaction in our gut. Or for some women, when you go into a certain situation, the hair on your skin rises up and on the back of your neck, oh, and you yeah. just have this, this urgent sense of, I need to get out of here. You know, this kind of stuff that's embedded deeply in us can be the result of emotional injury. And if we don't attend to that, that gets in the way of our emotional maturity. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a, a common thing that therapists will often talk about is that if a if a kid, a young person, goes through a significant uh, emotional trauma and experiences PTSD as a result, their emotional development sort of freezes at the age when that happened. Yep. And, and they don't grow emotionally beyond that until they're able, with the help of competent people to walk through that process, until they're able to go through healing, they can't grow further. And so the reason you might be having a struggle in your marriage or in your life emotionally may be untended grief, unresolved anger, bitterness that is is coming because of a wound you experienced that you've never processed, or some kind of trauma that you've experienced. These things all get in the way, and your growth as a person emotionally and your capacity to be in intimate relationship depends on you doing the work to pursue healing of those emotional wounds. Well, and it's really interesting that you mentioned that. I don't know if you're familiar with a man named Terry Real, but he's a very well-known therapist out of Boston. And he actually talks about just this very thing. He actually says that part of the reason why we marry who we marry is that they bring up some of these old things for us, but they're different enough that it gives us the opportunity to grow through them. 
And you know, so that is kind of what you're talking about is that you know, when we're as, as children, of course, we can't, we're not even aware we can't, and even if we were aware, there isn't necessarily anything we could do about it because children don't have any power. But as adults, right. those, those things come up again, and now we've got the capacity to deal yes. with it because we're not dependent on mom, dad, right. whoever, you know, for it. So you, right, and, it, it's, and that's not an accident. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Oh, what do you mean it's not an accident? <laughs> well, like you, you said that, you know, as an adult, we have the experience of maybe we get in a relationship with a certain person or we take a certain job uh-huh. and we have the opportunity to kind of work through something from our childhood. Uh-huh. That, is hap- that is happening because of the way uh-huh. you're wired up as a person. Your gotcha. emotional interior life draws you into those circumstances. And if mm-hmm. you've not processed those injuries, that is inevitable. You can't avoid it. Um, a, a friend of mine, a trauma therapist, Byron Kaler, who is the founder of Story Informed Trauma Therapy, uh, he describes it as um, that in our life, when we have untended trauma in, in our story, we will either uh, react or reenact the trauma over and over again. And Uh so we'll make a connection with a person and we will either have the same kind of push away reaction that we had as a kid, or we will be drawn into that scenario where we become enmeshed in it because it's so urgent for us to work this out. And if you don't know that that's happening, then stuff is going to be going on in your life where you're like, uh-huh. I don't know why this keeps happening to me. I keep, I keep picking the wrong uh-huh. guy. I keep being yeah. attracted to this kind of person. I keep getting into job situations where my boss takes advantage of me. Guess what, honey? That is not an accident. <laughs> right? That is that's, happening because... Yeah, that's the universe telling you there's something you've got to learn. Now, you, you do talk about one other reason why people don't do this work or they don't, you know, figure out how to grow through it. And that's selfishness. Can you talk about yeah. that? Yeah, this is the hardest one because the, the bottom line of human relationship is that we do what we do because it works for us. Uh-huh. And when I, when I say it works for us, I don't mean that it's good. I mean <laughs> that there is something we get out of it that, that serves what we need. And yep. so if I'm, if I'm a profoundly selfish person and I approach the world as a vehicle to have my needs met, then me being selfish, me re- relating to you in a self-serving way or an arrogant way or even a psychopathic way, me relating to you in that way actually serves me. It, it fulfills uh-huh. the thing I'm longing for. I want to be seen as powerful. I want people to uh, be afraid of me because it gives me a sense of strength or whatever it is. And uh-huh. so w- one of the reasons that we don't grow emotionally is because the current state of our unhealth actually is working for us. Yep. And that, that is difficult to solve because it requires a person to have enough insight to say the way my life is working right now, the way my relationships are working right now, the kind of spiritual life I have right now is not what I want. And the problem is not my circumstances. The problem is me. And until I change me, my circumstances aren't going to change. And it is not often that someone has enough personal insight to do that, which is why we often talk in healing communities about people hitting rock bottom. 
yep, yep. It, usually, it usually requires getting to a state where things are so painful that you're willing to make the change necessary. And yeah. I would just offer as a warning to the people who are listening, you know, if, if you're in a situation where you want things to be better, if you're in a marriage that you want to be better than it is, undoubtedly there are things that your partner can do differently or better, undoubtedly. Uh-huh. But, if you, but if you can't start by looking at yourself, uh-huh. by looking at what you're bringing to the table, by looking at the untended emotional injuries you carry, and by looking at the myths you believe about emotions, if you can't start there, you're not going to ever get the outcome you want in terms of relationship. And that means well, I- you're, having, you're having to do this for an unselfish reason. Yes, you have to do, and, and I love that because you're doing couples work. My biggest challenge is to get people to stop focusing on their partners. I actually was saying this to a couple just the other day, that couples work actually isn't couples work. It's simultaneous individual work. <laughs> right. Because oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and so I'm, I'm hearing that that's actually how somebody can actually develop greater, greater emotional maturity is to tap into themselves, using their, whatever's happening in the world around them that's creating the emotional reactions, but then yeah. turning it towards themselves. Is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, that's, that is how we grow. I had exactly the experience that you described. You know, I went through a really, really difficult, painful time, lived with depression for some years, went through a significant emotional crash. And eventually, um, my wife and I went to a therapist and I went into therapy fully expecting the therapist to give us tools so that our marriage could feel more peaceful. Uh And it wasn't very many sessions until the therapist was like, you know, Mark, let's not have your wife come next time. (laughs) And I was like, well, why on earth, why on earth would we do that? We're here for marriage therapy. (laughs) And she's like, well, it seems like there's some things we need to attend to that have to do with you that we are not going to be able to get to that desired sense of peace in your marriage until we attend to why you aren't even able to feel peace yourself, you know, well, and, and that, be, that began this huge journey for me. It's exactly what you described. Well, and that's such a fascinating, and I, and I love the way you put that because that's really what it is. And, you know, I will, I will frequently have one partner or the other say, well, why should I do this when my partner isn't doing what, you know, I said, because it's not about your partner. It's about when when you become and start behaving in the way that you want to. You're being the partner, type of partner you want to be. Your partner's going to have to change. Either the marriage is going to end, right? Right. Or or the other person will change because you've just changed what their experience is. (laughs) But it's so hard because it's like, because it comes down to a sense of fairness that I always tell my clients, um, especially the local ones, that fair is what happens once a year on you know, <laughs> right, Metro right. Street. It's, you know, it's, it's right, the yeah, state yeah. fair. It's, it's like yeah, that's the, the only county fair, fair I know about. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it is so hard because, again, doing our own work 
it's tough. <laughs> and so going back to what you said about the selfishness, it's like if it's working for me, why should I change? Well, you know, if your partner's, you know, if your if your marriage is suffering, if your partner's coming to you and saying this isn't working for me, and you're going, hey, I'm good with this, which is what happens a lot of times, then when people get um, Oh, you know, the awareness hits them is when their partner files for a divorce. And they go, well, I didn't know right. it was that bad. It's like, okay, I right. don't right. <laughs> Because for you, it wasn't that bad because your partner has been, you know, and again, this is, this is one of the things that I so want people to know is that you can completely change your marriage on your own because when you change you, you're going to be changing the dynamic, and because right. you know, a lot of people, a lot of people say, "Well, my partner won't go," so they go by yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, because what will happen? What will happen is either um, your your capacity to relate to the circumstance you're in will change, or your vision of understanding the circumstance that you're in will change, and you may be able to recognize that there are toxic or unhealthy things in your relationship that need to be dealt with, and you'll be able to attend to that from your side. And the other person will either see that growth and match you, or Uh they will enter more deeply into the toxic relationship, and you'll have a choice to make then uh, about is this this the right kind of life-giving space for me to be in. But, But the thing that's amazing about that is you will be better off either way. Because Uh no matter what happens, you will be more equipped to face it and deal with it. I mean, one of the things that emotional maturity brings is that emotional maturity tells you that this terrible feeling I'm feeling right now is not going to kill me and is not going to last forever. And so many of the bad decisions we make in our lives we make because when we're in the moment of painful emotional crisis, uh-huh. We believe that this is going to last forever. This is how it's always going to feel, and uh-huh. um, there's no, there's nothing that I can there's nothing that I can do about it. And yeah. our brain kind of awfulizes that experience, and and we're like, ugh, if 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 I can never this is never going to change. It feels awful. It's terrible. But uh-huh. emotional maturity emotional maturity says, nope, that's not true. Emotions pass, circumstances change, you're not going to always feel this way, and you can learn from it. Well, as soon as you have that in your toolbox, the very second you internalize that, then these difficult emotional crises that might, that might disrupt a normal marriage suddenly become uh-huh. so much less threatening to you because you could say, oh, yeah, this really sucks, it feels awful, but uh-huh. I know – I know I can learn something from it. I know we can grow in it, and I know it's going to last forever. Well, all of a sudden, you're freed. Before I went through, go ahead. And the faster you come to that decision, the faster you can actually bring about the change. But the longer we sit there with it, then, of course, it just feeds on itself as opposed to, nope. (laughs) Yeah. I have, you know, there's something I can do, yeah. Well, Mark, I want to thank you so much for coming on and talking about this really important topic. Can you please share with the listeners where they can learn more about this, where they can get your book, where they can learn more about this whole concept of emotional maturity? 
Sure, absolutely. Like I said, we are in the golden age of discussing emotional maturity. There's all kinds of resources available to you. Um, I'll I'll name a couple. Some are mine and some are other people's. Um, One of the very best, most accessible books that I hand out by the truckload to people I work with is a book Uh called Try Softer by an author named Andy Kolber. She's a therapist. Uh This is a very gracious, gentle book that will walk you through why this stuff matters. It is a fantastic starting place. Um, My own book, The Wisdom of Your Heart, um, is primarily written to people who've grown up in faith communities that have taught them that emotions are sinful or that Uh expressing emotion is wrong or bad. And it basically Uh just walks through my story, how biblically that those myths are not true. And then what we understand about what's happening in the brain and the body during uh, experiences of emotions and what, how we can learn and grow wise from that. Um, Uh And then a a part of that, um, I uh, put together a a workbook called the untangled workbook. That is a step-by-step process that actually you take an emotional incident, something that happened between you and a spouse, for example, and it walks Uh through a number of prompts that will help you identify what's happening in your body, what's happening in your mind, what do these things mean, not about the story, Uh not about what the other person did, but what do they mean in your body, Uh right? What, what What can you learn from that, and then how can you respond in a way that's constructive to who you want to be? Um, I, I mentioned it. my friend. I mentioned my friend Byron Kaler is a trauma therapist. Um, he and I uh, did a uh, uh, developed an online course together uh, called the Untangled Heart Workshop. That is about five hours of training that walks you through this process. Uh, it's a really okay. good Kickstarter for people that um, that want to understand why this stuff happens the way that it does. Um, there's tons and tons of stuff out there. There's lots of people like yourself that offer the services of a third party to sit with you. And I cannot, I cannot emphasize enough how important it is. My parents' generation. Uh-huh. thought counseling and support was something only uh-huh. the most crazy people needed. And <laughs> we, we still have yeah. some people with that prejudice. And the fact uh-huh. of the matter is, this is what I tell everyone I work with, the fact of the matter is you cannot untangle what you're feeling with the same brain that's feeling it. Yep. You need and, another brain to sit beside you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and you need and you need a brain. You need the compassion. You need somebody who understands the system. We go to our friends. We go to our family. And sometimes they are excellent, but sometimes you know they don't know what to do either. And and so sometimes finding somebody that can help, um, you know. And, and what we know is that. The key is how that person makes you feel. Do you feel safe with them? Do you feel like they, you know, they know what they're talking about? Um, yeah, right. It doesn't matter what the, what the modality is. It's, it's just you know, the connection. So, Mark, what's your website? Sure. Uh, my website is just my name, uh, www.markalanshelske.com. And Great. everything that I do on the Internet and all the other places I can be found can be gotten to from there. So you can well, find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. You can find my books. You can find my courses. You can find links to other resources that I really love, like Andy Kolber's book and others. So if you just uh-huh. go to that one place, it's a great 
place to start to find lots of stuff that is helpful. Well, terrific. So what I want to remind people is that getting older isn't the same as becoming mature. And doing certain things like getting married or having a child does not make you a grown-up, but they can become a lot easier if you are. And growing up and gaining maturity is a never-ending process. And so the question that I have is what will help you get further down this road? And hopefully one of the things you'll do is to continue listening to this show. So until next week... Stay loving.